Hello and welcome to this episode of Unleash Your Inner Goddess. It's been a while. For those of you with eager eyes or I suppose eager ears, you may have noticed that the podcast has not been put out the past couple of Thursdays. And quite frankly, I just had so much on personally that something had to give, right? And you know that I'm all about uh, boundaries and setting intentions and making sure that things are easy for me. Um, So the podcast just got put on hold. However, today's guest is the wonderful Mike Cole. And we're actually talking about balance and boundaries on today's podcast episode, which was actually recorded a couple of weeks ago. So I think it is right on point and I would love to dive straight in. And welcome to the show, Mike. How are you today? Hello. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, really, uh, really excited to be here. I've been looking forward to coming on to this uh, this particular podcast yeah, for a while. Yeah. So thank you so much for inviting That's me along, good. or at least putting up with me nagging, and then uh, <laughs> and then having me it's along. It's just been a really very difficult cool um, road to actually getting us both together and able to do this. We um, tried to record it last week. Amazing hail uh, showers at my end, resulting in not very good quality audio. So we've rescheduled and we're here now. Um, I'm super excited too. And today we want to be talking um, a little bit about balance and boundaries and how it's really important to to prioritize what is important to you and not get sort of like stuck in the things that don't really matter and the things that sort of waste your time. And I think what's really interesting for this conversation is that Mike works with his wife, Liz, um, and he homeschools his kids as well, which I think is absolutely fantastic. And I think there's, there's probably a whole lot of other things he does too, which I'm sure he's going to tell us about in a moment. Um, but he, he does a lot of things. He's really passionate about a lot of things. And I think the conversation is going to be really good, just sort of unlocking some, um, perhaps some tips and tricks about sort of keeping that balance, keeping your boundaries and, and doing stuff you enjoy. Yeah, certainly going to try. That's what we're going to aim for. That's what we're going to do. No, absolutely. Yeah, so very, very full life this side. Um, And I I suspect, well, I know you, Sarah, understand that. And and I suspect pretty much everyone listening will will experience a full life. You know, we're very good as humans of filling the time we've got uh, and probably trying to put more in there than we actually have time Mm. to do. And so that idea of where do you strike the balance and how do you set those boundaries? Um, Very excited to be exploring that with you. In the next sort of half an hour yeah, or so. And we will try and keep it to about half an hour or so, guys. Like we know each other through our coaching um qualification. We met um right back on the first ever session in that a couple of years ago, and we just chat for fun, don't we? So we are gonna do our very best to uh to not chit chat and get sidetracked and keep all the good stuff in there. Yeah, chat for fun. Come on, surely that's like well, that's one like, of the main yeah. purposes of chatting. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna cover some content and have a nice time chatting about it and exploring some stuff together. Yeah. Um. One of the things I've absolutely loved about coming and talking things through with you, Sarah, um, is actually it helps me shape my own thoughts. Mm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what I take out of this for myself, as well as what I think everyone else can can take out too. So I'm very excited. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, so for people who don't know you, Mike, do you want to tell people a little bit about what it is that you do and sort of your journey in business? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we obviously met, as you know, on a on a coach training uh, course, which led to our separate but our accreditations, which is great. Um, so that was October 2020. 
Um, before then, uh, leading up to the end of 2019, I've been in the big, uh, big corporate world in corporate finance. Uh, I worked for uh, Ernst and Young originally, or EY. I think they, I think they've dropped the long name and they're just EY nowadays. Um, then Rolls Royce, the aero engine manufacturer, and then Experian, who you may have seen on the telly. So I did 16-ish uh, years in you know, large multinationals uh, in finance uh, or in audit, mm. and. I enjoyed that. I was good at it. I enjoyed, you know, different elements of it. Um, but I, I really, I really, really enjoyed what I thought was coaching. It turns out to be mentoring, but let's not split hairs. I really <laughs> enjoyed helping people connect with what makes them special and, um, and leaning into that so they have, you know, a much better life, kind of the life thereafter. And so I left thinking, right, that's it. I'm going to embrace this coaching world. Yeah, pandemic hit. Yeah, plans were kind of you know um, somewhat destroyed, and and ended up um, doing the training course, uh, as we say, October twenty twenty, uh, where we first met. And yep. yeah, absolutely, you're the first person I spoke to on the thing, and we introduced each other, didn't I was we? To everyone else, that. yeah, yeah. We all, we all went into like um, breakout rooms on Zoom, so you got paired off, and you had to introduce yourself to the other person, and then they had to come back into the main group, and there's like what thirty of us, something like that. Yeah, and tell everyone else about the person they just spoke about spoke to so like I had to go and deliver like <laughs> the best bits of you and you had to go and deliver the best bits of me and and yeah it was just straight into the thick of it wasn't it nice icebreaker yeah it was tricky you didn't have much to say about me but there we go no okay um, <laughs> so um so no it was a great way of a well, great way to get to connect and get to know somebody and and um and an important moment actually in my journey because that's where I really embraced what true coaching is, what coaching style mm. that I know you and I um, can both do. Uh, more pure coaching for those that are interested. If anyone's thinking, okay, what course are they talking about? I will pop the link in and then they can go and check out Ruth's course. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Um, so uh, from there, I followed, I followed quite an interesting path because I basically sought out people who resonate well with me sort out what their issues were and and coach them and it's led me to evolve a business myself um and and more recently working with my wife which is fantastic to um basically to help other people engage with a working life that works for them and we're all about helping people find and focus in on their own individual path to success because ultimately success means different things to different people. Mm. Um, and so we're really keen to help uh, small business owners, but also career professionals. We get kind of two different audiences um, really focus in on, on what is it that matters for them and how can they make that a reality? And then uh, giving them that support as they go to rather than it just being an amazing idea, an amazing dream, feeling really good about it and nothing changing and you know, actually helping support them to make those changes and, and keep excited and engaged. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, what I do nowadays. Um, and I, and I do, uh, I suppose I should add, I public speak around some of this as well. And I absolutely love that balance. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really blessed to get to do work that I really, really enjoy. Um, and if other people could do that, I would be over the moon because I think that's is it what we're made for? I don't quite know, but it, it's certainly kind of what we all should be able to do. Yeah. I mean, I think of it as kind of like we all have this life and we all come into the, the world. We've got no choice on the matter. We're just here. We're born. And then we see our life through and however that looks and then we leave this earth and however that looks to you. Um, and I think why not make it fun? Why not make it 
you know, fulfill your purpose, do something passion- that you're passionate about. Like, I think, especially in previous years, it's been, you know, you go through the school system, education system, you get a job, you stay in the job, you stay secure, you get a pension and, and the whole nine yards. And I think, how many people actually enjoy that? How many people actually find a job that they stick in for what, 30, 40 years? Because that's what society used to tell you to do, right? Mm. And then they're still happy. Like, I didn't know what to be a coach when I was 15, 20, 25. You know, like I had no idea what I wanted to to be, air quotes. And especially at school when they're going, pick your career choices, pick your, you know, your subjects. And I think yeah. if I'd have stuck that out, I would be miserable now. Um, so like, why not find stuff that lights you up? that means something to you that means at the end of your days you're proud of what you've tried and what you've achieved and where you are rather than oh I stuck out a job I didn't like for for 30 plus years or you know I did the bare minimum like go for what you enjoy go for what makes a difference to you and I think that's it you hit the nail on the head where everybody's success is different so we're not all striving for the same thing we might be striving for you know generic things happiness money you know security but when you, you get down to the 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 you know the finer detail it, it looks different for everybody yeah so why not explore that yeah the other thing linked to that just consider how far the world has moved in the last 20 years so um i was at university 20 years ago with my uh with a no laptop but with a, a desktop computer with a dial-up and we had to there were five of us in our flat in our house and if anyone else wanted to go online you, you basically had to sort of call around shout around anyone need the phone <laughs> Yeah. Like, give me 15 minutes. But in reality, your best thing was just to walk up to university, you know, or in my case, take my motorbike up. Um, but, you know, go up to university and use theirs. And, and they had a computer room with loads and loads of computers in and everyone took handwritten notes. And so smartphones didn't exist. Social media wasn't a mm. thing. Um, some of the pre-runners to things we know now existed, but they they didn't really work. So unsurprisingly, all the jobs that go with all of those industries and all that technology didn't exist. Yeah. So if we try and pick our jobs at those ages and expect those to last for, well, let's say we start work at what 23 if you went to university before, if you didn't and run through to what Mm. 65 for your your sort of average person. By the time we retire, maybe that's more like 70. Who knows? (laughs) I I just think the world's going to keep changing. and, And with that, it favors the people who are prepared to pivot and twist and basically roll with it. Yeah, who are adaptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah adaptable, no, I think that's right. a great word. Yeah, I think that's it because like, and especially, you know, if you're trained in one area and that's the only area and that area is is being favored by perhaps more advanced technologies now, um, you know, factory workers, things like that. And they're all like robotic machines. It sort of shoves you out of your own workplace. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, what else can I do? And I think like, it is really good to to have an idea of what, what you enjoy so if something doesn't work out for whatever reason be it you're forced out or you, your passions have changed or whatever um or, or maybe your physical health declines or, or something like that that you've got other avenues to explore that also light you up um and I think that's it isn't it I think there was a study and you know what if I can if I can find it I will put it in the show notes that said like I don't want to quote the wrong thing basically it said you were a lot happier obviously so you lived longer because you were in a role that you found fulfilling and you were respected and you enjoyed it basically um I don't want to give the wrong <laughs> the wrong percentages um but it is it is like I remember when I was in a job I didn't like and I felt restricted I felt like the the boss didn't understand um the issues that I was having and I just 
dreaded doing a long shift and with my business obviously I've set my business up because it's something I was passionate about I can choose what I like and what I don't like and if I go you know what I don't like doing that I'm not going to do that and you know what doing you know master classes and teaching people really lights me up I'm going to do more of that and I've got nobody going well you can't do you know yeah. <laughs> like and suits me and that's it there's, there's not only what you try and do and doing that your way is there's how you do it and doing that your way and the combination mm. of those two things where you'll find your sparkle and then that's how you change the world and and the thing with that is trying to find that sparkle and trying to find what lights you up is that it doesn't matter if you try and something isn't right or it doesn't work or it's not what you expected it to be like it's all part of the process to go oh well that didn't work or mm, I didn't like that the way I thought I would and you know because I think that gives you data and I say this all the time it gives you data to move forward into something that might be better fit and a key part to that would be fail fast yes there's that whole idea of fail fast and I and I really like that um and it does actually link really nicely with balance and boundaries mm. but the way I would take fail fast is fail safe fail fast so put yourself in a position where failure is not does not do lasting damage or harm yes and then you can be prepared to fail then make sure you find out whether it succeeds or fails quickly and move on and just keep mm -hmm. it's it's the um it's i guess it's like trying to take a massive oil tanker forwards you're better to do lots of small course corrections than find out you're well off track and it's going to take you weeks to turn around yeah. <laughs> you know those little course corrections um and and failure is part of life and we i think we've i think as adults and I wonder if it's bad out of us as children, but I think as adults, we're not prepared to embrace it in the same way. I think it's almost frowned upon. Like, how dare you get something wrong? How dare something mm. not work out? Do you know, this this whole, um, I don't know, expectation that you should have your shit together and that you should know what to do and that, you know, you've got to suck it up. You just got to do it. Like, rather than going, well, yeah, no, well that didn't work. I'm going to take a few steps back. And like, it, it's it's frowned upon. Yeah. Really, I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I often think of it with musical instruments. I know some people who say to me, oh, I'd love to be able to play the piano or play the guitar or flute or whatever it is. Okay, great. So when are you starting? Oh, will it take me ages to, to be any good? Okay, I think you're setting your bar of success too high. Mm. <laughs> you're not trying to be a concert pianist. <laughs> you can start with just plinky plump with one finger yeah. on each hand, right? And everybody starts like that. Do you know, there are some people who are naturally gifted and talented and granted they all catch on easier. But at the end of the day, you know, you're yeah. going to get better. The more effort you put in to a point, you are going to get better. And whether it's for you or it's not. But I, like I had this conversation with my nan and she is 91 this year and she's just discovered that she likes jewelry making. And she said to me, yeah, but I'm not very good at it. Yeah. I said, yeah, but you've just lit up as you've told me about it. Does it matter if you're not very good about it? You know, like. You're making these, she's made my kids some lovely bracelets and, and necklaces and they're lovely. And I just think, you know what? You don't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect for you to enjoy something and do more of it, do you know? And she's not going to be going into business anytime soon. So it doesn't need to be perfect in that sense. But um, another thing was my, my son yesterday. So Lucas is nearly 12 mm. and he said he wanted to try bowling without the bumper bars, you know, the things that cover the uh, gutters. And he, he was not doing too great, you know, um, and he kept going. He said, I'm not good at this, mum. I said, yeah, but neither was I when I first started doing this. You know, I said, what can we what can we focus on? And we looked at the way he was holding his ball, the way he was standing. And and like, sometimes he went, you know what? I'm just going to hit it as hard as I can. And he'd try that and then it wouldn't work. And he'd be like, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm going to try 
a different approach. I'm going to try and aim for the the arrow on the floor. And you know what? And it was the Mm. fact that, yeah, he was terrible, really, but he didn't give up. It was that tenacity and that like willingness to go, you know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again because he could see how much more improved our eldest was and, and, and how we were doing it and stuff. And yeah, we all fluffed up as well. We're not perfect. It's just fun, isn't it? But for me, seeing him go, you know what? I'm going to give it another go was great because he's been so, oh, I can't do this. It's hard. I'm not good at this. And he always puts up a barrier and we've been working really hard on saying it doesn't matter about what, whether you hit the pins down or not, whether you do this or you don't, what matters is that you're trying. And I think that's the important thing. If we're trying with something that we're keen to to try and improve on, I think that's all we can ask for. Totally. It, it, this whole thing reminds me of toddlers learning to walk or maybe just mm. before they toddle. So, so a baby learning to become a toddler. You know, how many times do they fall yeah. down? We don't, we don't even count yeah. it. Why would we? But when we, as adults, yeah. try and learn something, we often do count our failures and we shouldn't. Mm. We should look at... And how encouraging other people are when you've got a toddler about to take the first yeah. steps. Like, come on, you can do it. I thought somebody was like cheering me on in the corner. I'd be like, yeah, yeah I can come do on, it. Come on, Sarah, you can do that chord. Yeah, you've done that chord. Yeah, well, wow, high fives. I can do it. You know, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Just have a sticker. Yeah, and I think as, as adults, it's like, oh gosh, they might see me fail. Do you know, like, but really, if we're all being honest with ourselves, we've all failed at several things. And that's how we've got to where we are today, through failure and figuring shit out. Like, yeah, well... So we, I mean, we've both got children. Um, as you say, I've home, we home, I help home educate mine. So I share that with my wife. Uh, various different points over the last, I think it's now coming up to seven years. Um, we've done, you know, the balance has been with different people. Um, so there's been a period when I've taken much more of a lead. There's a lot of that time I've taken much less of a lead. Um, and that's the thing. We kind of go through cycles or just change, you know, things evolve and change. And it's good to to go with that see what happens and and mm. adapt i was gonna i was gonna say earlier on we were talking um about finding the right roles and and the idea of stress versus challenge so yeah. what is it we find stressful and what is it we find like an exciting but maybe difficult challenge and what makes that difference because mm. to some so l- let me say what you find a interesting challenge Somebody else, maybe even me, might find stressful. Mm. Challenge we like, stress we don't. And that's a lot to do with finding areas that we enjoy what we do. And that probably changes throughout our lifetime. Yeah, definitely. And I think you could even say that changes day to day as well. You know, I can... And I think the thing is as well, sort of going back to day to day, if you can have a really stressful day outside of whatever it is you're doing, come into your office or whatever, and then the task that would have been interesting and challenging suddenly feels stressful and difficult. Yeah. And it's it's being able to, I suppose, work that work through that emotion rather than just trying to to go and do the thing, feeling all types of way and and sort of taking a breath, getting a bit of fresh air, going for a bit, you know, a glass of water, whatever it is that would just mellow you down a bit before you go into it. There's a certain things that I do that most days I can quite happily you know go and do and deliver or, or whatever and there's other days and I'm like you know what that sounds that feels really difficult today I've got a really difficult day ahead of me <laughs> like what's going on um and I think it's having those I suppose those tools to go right okay I'm gonna go and do some steady breathing or I'm gonna just reframe this thought or I'm gonna go and look at 
like what what's going on for me here what am I thinking about and see if I can flip that and sort of think oh what what would be the best thing to do if I carried on with this work do you know like I think reframing but if you've got something like you said that I find you know interesting exciting challenging and you find stressful like generally on the whole is that something that you want to be doing moving forwards yeah and it's having that knowing I suppose isn't it and I'm going to loop this beautifully back to balance because you've described so nicely about understanding I'm going to call it energy flow but feel free to use any other label I call it flow fantastic so you've described knowing when you're in that flow and when you're not and what you do to help reset it or help Mm. move yourself from one state to the other and I think balance is so much about that, understanding it not only in ourselves and what it is and isn't working out for us and therefore what we're going to do about it. But for for me and my household, because Liz and I home educate the children and work together and obviously live together and have like the house and all the usual stuff that goes with with having downtime together and these other combinations of work, um, playing to each other's strengths and understanding when we're in our own versions of flow and like rolling with that and not trying to disturb it and break it and flex. One of the biggest challenges we had early on, and actually it's still, it's still quite a challenge. We've just found a better way, probably not perfect, better way of dealing with it. Can we get things perfect though? Most of the time. I think we can get better than we are yeah. and it would help. Um, but I agree. Actually, perfection is not what we're aiming for. I was going to say, challenging that. <laughs> um, I, would certainly, I would certainly bank with good enough over perfection. So no, mm. good, good challenge. Um, what I mean in this particular situation is I think Liz and I could have a slightly better position than we're in yeah. for good enough. Um, um, but so early on, one of us would be home educating and one of us would be working. Mm. And then it'd swap and it'd swap and it'd swap. And that might be throughout one day. It's definitely throughout a week because uh, particularly then when the children were much younger, somebody had to be with them. So you couldn't, it was very hard to find time that we'd both be working on something together. Yeah. What that meant was I could be doing some home ed and something could come up and I could be like, ah, right. Could really do with knowing what Liz thinks we should do about this problem or bouncing this idea around with somebody. But Liz is deep in her work. Mm -hmm. If I bowl in and start talking about the non-work stuff just to switch her brain about what she's thinking and there's a deep inefficiency about it in exactly the same way as there is for me and it works each way around right if Mm -hmm. she's doing some work thinks oh i'd love to pick mike's brain on that comes in oh my can i just (laughs) right yeah yeah, exactly yeah yeah. can i just get you for five minutes so so quite early on we had to work out well what systems do we use to try and keep that information but but having kept that information um as in as in not just forget about it then find the right moment to talk about it um and uh sarah you know i'm i'm dyslexic Uh, my memory is awful hence me forgetting that point earlier is not that surprising why i've been scribbling a few things down to try and keep me on on track um i know if i don't capture it somewhere we won't talk about it it'll Mm. just get it's just gone and actually that was probably an important the point i missed from earlier that's fine but the thing that I need to talk to Liz about is probably important enough that if I don't do it, it might come back and bite us yep. <laughs> down the road. Um, and I think I think there's this idea of balance. I think traditionally we might think of balance within our own lives, but I think we look a lot about a team and how do we balance the things amongst us as we go. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. 
So what's your what's your sort of development on that then? Do you have a system now that works well for you in those in that in that circumstance? Yeah, so we started using of all strange things we we're using Microsoft Teams. Um I don't think we're kind of in love with it, but um it it kind of works. So effectively different channels um for the different well actually for different business elements and home ed and home um and so we know to capture stuff on there and then we try and make sure we have time now we have more dedicated time there's certain moments within the week that is time for us to get together and work out what are we doing yeah. in the week and actually properly structure um things so that works really well what would be better we understand each other's flows but i think we can get carried away um i'm probably more of a culprit for this Unless um they just get a bit overexcited it's like oh this is really cool let's go um go on let's say a client a new client reaches out mike i'm wondering if you can help me we jump on a call we talk something through and they're like brilliant yeah mike i'm buying in send me an invoice i send them an invoice and i want to go and share that great news mm-hmm. um and it is great news but it doesn't have to be shared in that very moment. And sometimes it's just like holding myself back a bit and going like, I'll talk to her later about it. Let's talk about it over dinner rather than... Yeah. Um, one of the other ones we've got much better at, I'm an evening person, Liz is a morning person. We can use that to our advantage. Mm. But what is really critical is that when I get all buzzy about things in the evening and I have all these great ideas and they're all fantastic, is to not talk about them. And that's something I've found. I'm a raging extrovert as well. I like to talk things through. So that idea of like bottling it up. Holding it. I was just doing a, like a visual clue as well. It doesn't really work so well on podcasts, no, it does it? But that, it that, like <laughs> bottling it all up. Um, because actually saying to Liz at 10 o'clock at night, I've got these great ideas. We could do this or this or this. Or what if we did that? And she's like, hang on, I'm trying to get my brain to like get asleep yeah, or shut down. down and yeah. yeah. But, you know. Um, and I guess if she woke me up at seven in the morning to talk about it, I wouldn't thank her for it either. So, you know. mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and it works both ways, doesn't it? Like you said, and and it's knowing, like you guys have clearly worked out. Okay, I work better at this time of day. You know, Liz works better at this time of day, and and let's try not to disturb the other person in their sort of like their downtime and their sort of slower paced part of their day. And I think that that is it's so respectful, first off, but it's a really important thing to learn as people who are working together, living together, you know, educating the children together, you know, like to, to be at each other's best, you know, to be the best for each other and to help the other person keep their energy stable. Um, and I think I can relate to this with what you were saying as well. So um, my husband works at home all the time, you know, this Mike. Um, and I used to think it was a great excuse just to pop in and have a chat because I used to think, oh, I'm having a break now. Therefore, he can probably have a break now because I would listen and I was like, it's not on a phone call. I'll just pop in and have a chat. But he was in the middle of his like deep focused work. So me going, hi, how, you know, how's your morning? Would you like a cup of tea? Should we do, you know? And he's like, oh, I'm kind of busy. And then I'd be like, oh, thanks. You know? And then I'd be working and he'd go and do the same thing. Like, oh, I'm just coming in to see what you want for dinner. Da, 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 you know, like, and it took me a lot longer than it took him to realize this. I was a little slow on the uptake, I will admit. Um, so if I was working, he would walk in stop walk out and shut the door like he'd remember i'd get in tap him on the shoulder and go uh hold on you're working yeah i can see that now okay and i disappear (laughs) i am really good at it now i won't go in unless like there's something urgent um or i'll message him in the morning i'll say just give me a holler if you're free 
in this time frame, like when I'm expecting to take a break. And if he's free, he's free and we go out and we go for a walk and we do stuff together. And if he's not, he's not. Um, and I think that's led to him being more productive. And obviously when I'm doing my work, it's led to me being more productive because I'm not expecting a face at the window. I'm not expecting, you know, somebody to come in. And it, it, it's something like 11 minutes, isn't it? Every time you get distracted, it takes you about 11, is it 11 minutes to get back to what you were doing? It might even be longer than that. I've heard um, quite a few different things, but totally, totally agree. Uh, uh, different time durations for how long it takes. Yeah, yeah. To get back to the deep level, um, there's a book, isn't there? Deep Work. I've forgotten mm, who it's by. Cal Newport. There we go. Um, I think part <laughs> of what he gets at is the more often you get into deep work, the faster you can engage that faster mode. The faster you can get back into it, So yeah. your 11 minutes would be less. Um, I would think that we're probably products of a modern age, which means... We're not very good at deep work. We get distracted (laughs) a lot, yeah. The thing is, if I get distracted, say it's the doorbell, let's say, and then I go, oh, while I'm in the house, I'll just nip to the loo and I'll just, oh, the dishwasher's finished. I'll just unload that and I'll sort the washing over and, you know, and then I'll put a pot of coffee on. It could be half an hour by the time I'm sat back down and I probably wouldn't have done any of that until the time was needed where I needed to use the loo or put the coffee on, do you know? But I'm doing it all anyway because I'm there and all the visual cues are there. So it's like, it's, it's going right. Okay. Well, how can I reduce those distractions and how can I, they might not be physical people, do you know, like when I was working in a house, it was the beep of the washing machine. Oh, the washing machine's finished. And you know, I've got a family of five, so there's plenty of washing to be done. Um, and it's like, it's like, if I choose to ignore that, it's in the back of my head. Don't forget the washing needs doing. Don't forget. Well, when you take a break, you can go and do that washing. And I think for me, when I, when I talk about like, balance and boundaries for myself it's things like removing myself from those situations or removing noises or or buzzes or lights or anything that that might take me out of what I'm doing so even like having Facebook open on a tab on my screen if I'm in a different tab completely it'll start like flashing up somebody's messaged me and then your brain automatically goes oh I really want to know what they've said what's this person messaging me about you know and it's things like turning that off turning your phone over putting your phone out of sight you know closing the curtains I'm not even kidding the amount of times I'm like oh there's a dog walker do you know like depending how distracted easily distracted you are um Mm. as to what sort of things you should do or what what works best for you but like at one point when I was in my lounge when we had the office when office was being redone I ended up like making this curtain like fashion this curtain thing around my office because I could see in the kitchen I could see in the conservatory I could see the whole lounge and the window outside and I could not focus so I'm in a way I'm I'm really lucky I can blank out most of those sorts of things for me um I do I look out there's a window here uh I look out over a a bush a shrub hedge whatever you want to call it um bird feeder on it I love seeing the birds on it Mm. um and I think that for me gives a, a more of a physical break because it's just stretching my eyes slightly. Yeah. It kind of, you know, changes the light level of what I'm looking at and that sort of thing. Um, I've mm, I've probably always been quite good at going, right, I now want to achieve this. I'm going to give myself 45 minutes or 40 minutes and just being like, this is the thing I'm going to do for the next 40 minutes to sort this, whatever this problem is, or one mm. step towards the, the thing. What I found fascinating um, and we haven't built this in yet, actually, and I'll, I'll keep threatening to work a timetable out on it. Um, so hoovering, I've historically seen as a boring thing to do, right? And oh, he's going to hoover and he's going to clean the bathroom or, you know, mm. 
what I found, and again, historically, I'd whack a podcast on, listen to something, you know, isn't yeah. this all really interesting? What I've started trying to do now is go, right, I need some thinking time on something. Maybe I'm honing a message in a talk or I'm uh, thinking through a particular problem um, and thinking of examples of, of ways of trying to help someone through an issue. Um, I'll be like, right, let's go Hoover. And while I'm Hoover, I'm just thinking it. And often actually in that, I'm talking it out to myself, but the Hoover is kind of drowning it out, which makes it even better. <laughs> but um, but I'll just, I'll go and do another activity while letting it percolate. Mm. And I don't have to think hard about it. I'm not like actively, oh, what's what's the answer? Just let and the pressure off a little bit, space. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I and do so, walking for that. Yeah, but I but I also get the the upside of going. Ah, oh, look, <laughs> the floor's nice. With the house, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, having actually ticked something through, and I feel, I feel again that idea that I guess where's the boundary? Where's the right boundary for that? Probably not quite nailed. But certainly this way of ticking things off, but using it within a, a really useful moment mm. in my day to help me think through stuff rather than seeing it as a, like, oh, it's a chore I've got to get to or it's like, oh, it's taking up my downtime because that's, yeah. you know, no one wants to do it then. Yeah, you may as well make it slightly more enjoyable as well. Like yeah. the floor still needs to be clean, the dishes still need to be done, that sort of thing. Um and there was another take on it that, that's not quite related, but I'm going to bring it forward anyway, is that like that notion that we get to Hoover and we get to get up for work and we get to go and do this thing because like we have a house that needs Hoovering. We have shelter to live in that requires us to keep it clean. We have dishes because we've eaten food the night before, do you know? And we can almost flip it on its head and go, well, I get to do this thing. Like it might not be the most enjoyable thing, but I'll make the best of it while I'm at it. And I think you're like, I listen to podcasts. I'm, I am like, right, Hoover's going on. It's music or it's a podcast. Um, and I think, you know, that's 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 my way of, of making that Hoover in a little bit more enjoyable. I like your way. I think it's great. Um, but it is, it's that, I think it takes pressure off because your brain's engaged in something else anyway. Yeah. And then it makes it a little less pressing to think of the thing that you're umming and ahhing out or that you're wanting to make better. Um, I always try and throw it in for a walk. Um, but I have to make sure I don't go out. Like if a child wants to tag along, I'm getting no thought process done. Uh, you know, we're talking yes. about Christmas, we're talking about birthdays, we're talking about holidays. That's the general conversations that come up in my house. Um, but yeah, I'll go and do that. Or jigsaws. That's another thing I, I like to do. I sit with my jigsaw quietly. Sometimes I'll have like, um, is it called brown noise? I think it's called brown noise, um, which seems to really help me focus just in case the kids are watching TV or there's some sort of external noise going on whilst I think, and I'll just do my puzzle. And it's amazing the answers I come up with in those states rather awesome. than sat here, like at my desk, like, right, I need to figure this out. How am I going to do this? Like the answers don't seem to come that way. No. Oh, I've got to ask. Uh, I'm not sure I know of brown noise. I know white noise. Yeah. It's a different frequency. I think um, I stumbled across it on a blog about ADHD Um and then if you search on like Spotify or Apple Music, or uh, brown noise, it's just like a di different frequency than, than like a fan. I'd say it was a bit deeper than like a fan noise. Um, there's probably loads of different ones. It's I think it's based on frequency. Um, but yeah, I stumbled across it, liked it way more than white noise, interestingly enough, despite the fact yeah. it's on the outside, it seems quite similar. Um, Someone I'm going to check it out going afterwards. To, <laughs> going to have to message me. <laughs> if somebody sat here like screaming like, Sarah, you're wrong, please email me and let me know what brown noise is. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's just a different frequency. But importantly, it's what works for you. And yes. so if that 
is the right, let's say, genre of stuff, yeah, regardless like of what it's of what it technically within. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if it works for you, it works for you. I do, I do, do. Yeah, too many do's. I regularly listen to music when I'm trying to zone really into something, mm. as long as it's not strong. Uh, using lots of language, so if I'm yes. trying to write something that needs really particular words picked, which is a very rare thing for me to do, that's not something that is one of my strengths and therefore not something I do Um, because I'm lucky that way Um, if I was doing that music would distract but beyond that if yeah I put music on and Mm. for some reason that really helps me zone the rest of the world out and then I'm which is why I don't get distracted from like hearing the dishwasher beep that it's finished or or whatever it is that, that goes on I just don't that doesn't affect me until I've done the thing I'm doing and then I'm like almost like coming up for air and being like hmm cup of tea <laughs> I, think, I think for me right just thinking about that then it's I think it's been so ingrained in us that to be successful we should multitask and that's actually been disproven in most situations that it takes totally. longer and your brain's disengaged and stuff but like I grew up with that notion of well if we can just quickly whip and do something and then get back to what we're doing or while that's let's say it's a craft because that's the thing I can think of right now while that's drying we'll go and do this and then we'll come back and we'll go and do that and it's like in some circumstances I can see that working like if we're cleaning and we're running upstairs anyway, take a basket of washing up. Like I get that. Um, but anything else, like focus to the task at hand because you need to be engaged in that. And I think sometimes I can't use music for the reasons you said. Um, so I will sit silently. Um, I have now learned, I mean, I'm in my office now, so I don't hear anything but the coffee machine beeping to tell me it's not the heat, the, you know, the hot plate is off, um, which I can choose to ignore. Um, but the washing, for some reason, it was very, very pressing to me. So if I didn't have any music on and I heard it, I'm like, oh, I need to go and change that. And if I chose not to, it would just be there in the background. Like, don't forget. And really, I should have just written it down. Change washing when you get up. You know, that would have been the simple option. And now I'm out here, I don't get that. But I too can't listen to anything um, that's got heavy beats in it if I'm mm. doing a certain task. Uh, if I'm doing something quick that I don't have to think a lot about that I'm going to look at deeply later. So like, for example article writing I will bash out an article with really heavy like almost like clubland like just without words like instrumental clubland music and then when I'm going to edit it I'll put a completely different type of music on because I need to focus on it's like more soft and more like um I don't know I don't know it's called like focus music on Spotify I found it and I liked it and I I I favorited it um I can't bring it up now that quickly no, I'm enjoying all the music recommendations here. That's great. Yeah, there is one. There is one um, really high beat. Oh, I'm going to have to put them in the in the show notes, you know, because it's not it's not loading. Um, there is one that's got really heavy beats on it, which is the kind of thing I was. Uh, if it's not Clubland Classics, it's this. It's this. Um, I think there's ten ten tracks on it, and I, I stumbled across it, and it's like, oh, this works for me. And I think that's it. Like, I don't even know why it works. It just does. And then I know that it doesn't work for certain things. So I like swap over. So I've got like four or five playlists that I will choose from dependent on what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's... it. I suppose it brings it back to, to that balance. It's going, okay, well, what works when I'm in this situation? This works, this works, that doesn't. What am I going to try? Oh, that really didn't work. Do you know? Um, yeah. So I think it's all linked, even the small things down to, what music you listen to and when you do your thinking time 
Yeah, I think it links nicely with the, the fail fast as well. You try something. Yeah. If it works well for you, do it again. If it doesn't, try something else. You know, find yeah. find what is complementing that flow or even helping engage that flow and go with it. I think, I think it's really still a good. win as well. Do you know, like figuring something out that wasn't quite working for you is a win. Yes. I know people say it's failure. People say it's mistakes, but it's not really because then you've, you've gone, oh, I've noticed this isn't working for whatever reason. Now I'm going to do something else. I think the worst thing is you do is go, I know this isn't working and then continue to do it. Like we're not going to get anywhere if we're doing that. But if we go, hold on, is there anything else I can try? Is there a different approach? What if I change this up and just see it as like statistics as like a, a paper exercise? Did this work? Yes. Did this work? No. You know, and and I think people would move through life so much easier and, and perhaps with more confidence as well, you know, if they saw it as, as neutral or even a positive thing, mm. Do you know, like I, I described it in an earlier episode on the podcast as even if we start something and we get it right, and that's your journey to the end goal and you reach the, whatever this end goal is, everything went right, you've gone one way. And if everything went wrong and you still eventually got there, it's like going down the scenic route. You've gone around all the mountains and you've gone down all the little single track roads and, you know, maybe you had to reverse your car a little bit because you, there was another car coming, but you still did it and you got there and, you know, aren't you resilient? And I think that is it. Like I view it as, you know what, I'm going down the scenic route because I'm still going to get there because I have that belief that the the mistakes and the failures will point me towards what will work. Mm. And I think I've hit the nail on the head there again in my own way, because like, it's that belief. If you believe you can find another way, you'll keep going. Yeah. I also like to think life's like a journey where it's not about the destination Mm. because if you get to if i don't believe there is one sweet spot one ultimate this is absolutely ideal and and here is a good reason why not because i think we're constantly traveling and if you get to that really sweet spot this is amazing isn't it brilliant basically you're going to pass through that (laughs) yeah it's not sustainable forever so in a way we need to focus on how we make that journey continue to take us some exciting places and basically getting better and better and better. No one in their right mind wants to think their best days of their life are behind them permanently, right? That's yeah. that's not how we live. We're hopeful people. We're yeah. hopeful creatures. So in part of that, it's recognizing that it isn't about getting there to that place. It's about how we're traveling mm-hmm. on the route. And if the route is meandering, then let's enjoy the view. Yeah as much yeah. as we can and and sometimes it's like horrendous rain the rain's bouncing so hard not only can you not podcast but you can't see anything <laughs> when you're driving along yeah. right um and you're really suffering and it's like oh this is horrible and and then sure you're thinking i just i need to get through this i need to get through this and mm. then when it clears up and you get these stunning views and this you know beautiful moment and you're like actually i need to savor this one because yeah. this too is going to pass mm-hmm. and i've just got to keep going and keep embracing and, and enjoying trying to savor this journey yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I um, actually, something that I think was in, I think it was in deep work, but it might not be, sorry if it isn't, um, was the concept that it, we use energy when we switch thoughts. Mm. And it was a bit of a moment for me because until that moment, I was thinking, yeah, when we, so when we switch, when we distract someone, when we tap, you know, tap our other half on the shoulder and they get, oh, whoops, shouldn't have done that. I should leave you to work. That moment of getting them to switch uses a bit of energy, which you think, of course it does. You're engaging a slightly different bit of your brain. I hadn't thought mm-hmm. of that, though. 
well, that energy is still energy. You've still used energy. We only have so much energy within us. And the more times we do it, the more energy we use, let alone the inefficiency of then trying to get back into a zone. I find this energy switch idea quite fascinating. Not so a bit about us being productive, but I actually think, I think we chase productivity too much. Mm. And I think we actually need to chase flow more. Yeah. Uh, so rather than worrying about because productivity is about our output and I think flow is more about where we're at right now and how well I almost said productive which doesn't quite work does it I think <laughs> it's me, like how like, effective we're being but it isn't about the outcome from that effectiveness it's I just think it's about consistency for me mm. do you know like I'd rather have consistent days than have really high output days and then really low productivity days I would rather have a constant flow essentially do you know like where I am able to go okay I'm doing some high energy work now and then I'm going to do some restorative work or rest or play or whatever that looks and not feel guilty about it like the amount of people that go I should be working or I'm going to watch tv but my laptop's going to be open I'm going to send a few emails and I think we and this is this is the productivity culture isn't it and the culture that we must continuously work and we must continuously go and and multitask and and all this jazz And I think recently I've been really stepping into, okay, I'm closing my laptop for the day now. Unless there is some sort of emergency, which there has yet to be, I'm not going to be looking at it until I choose to consciously look at it. You know, I'm going to go and spend time with my kids. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to go do this jigsaw or or whatever um, and and really lean into that. Um, But before that, I wanted to ask you, have you heard of decision fatigue? Uh... I can make a guess as to what it is, which yeah. sounds quite sensible. <laughs> yeah. And is this the reason why your Simon Cowles, et cetera, wear the same clothes all the time? Pretty much, One yeah. Last decision. So, like, obviously, you're, we were talking about, like, someone's tapping you on a shoulder and you sort of shift into a different energy, using the energy. Um, and this decision fatigue is, like, all those little tiny choices you've got to make before you even sit down at your desk in the morning are depleting your ability to, to tackle the bigger decisions, even down to like, okay, what underwear am I going to wear? What shirt am I going to wear? How am I going to wear my hair? Like, do you know, the kids are going, which, which shoes should I wear? Do you know, all these little questions, which road should I take on the journey to wherever, like they're all depleting our energy. And I think, um, Steve Jobs used to have the exact same outfit in his wardrobe, like 15 of the same polo, like the black polos, the same trousers, just so that he didn't have, that that is going to extreme, granted, but like, so he didn't have to make those decisions so that his sort of decision reservoir, if you will, was like full when it came to those really important things. And I think, you know what, it's so true. How many times have I fannied around thinking, oh, which earrings should I wear? Which top should I wear? Like, what goes well with this outfit? Um, what do I need in my bag today? Like, it's all stuff that, like, it does deplete you. What mm. task should I do first? Which email do I reply to first? Do you know? And I think if we can reduce some of those a little bit or have the the, the menial decisions later on in the day somehow, and if some of those can't be changed, like getting dressed, for example, but... I mean, maybe they can. Maybe you're a pajamas all day kind of person. I don't know. But um Well, you could I decide think... what you're gonna wear. The, yeah, you could decide at the, the end night of the before. day before or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not quite where Steve Jobs was at, but I do have ten of the same top in different colours. Uh, because I like it and it works for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah. So kind of there, kind of there. Um but yeah, I think all these kind of things, it is all about protection of energy. We keep coming back to this sort of energy 
protection in a way and and staying in flow and I, I do think when well, we could talk about this for hours I'm not even joking but I do think these things and they're all small things really that we've discussed like small little tweaks and just things to be considerate of or mindful of or just a different approach mm. um these sort of accumulate and and all of a sudden you're feeling a different type of way for changing three to five small different things like I think what I'm trying to say to the listeners here is that it doesn't need to be big grand changes. It doesn't need to be right from now on, I'm not going to do this massive thing that is going to upset the apple cart everywhere because I've said so. Like maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you want a big grand thing, but it doesn't have to be. It's what I'm trying to get at. It can be the smallest little thing. Yeah. And lean into what it is that's special for you. So where you've got your strengths and maybe I'm just thinking of my daughter she loves picking what she wears that gives her a real buzz makes her feel like really special yeah great use that use that to energize to get really excited um but if that isn't your thing and Sarah it sounds Mm. like that's not massively exciting for you then just knowing I'm just going to wear this stuff tomorrow it's ready it's good to go it's the stuff nice and easy to pick off the hangers as I walk you know as I as I get up in the morning it makes a lot of difference I think you could you could also look at it the other way. So for me, it's actually I could spend too much time deciding what goes together and what would look nice and what is functional for the task at hand. Like I love to wear tights and skirts in winter. They're not always practical if I'm doing stuff with the kids or, or whatever, or I'm going on a walk down the seafront and it's freezing. Um, so it's I, I'll go right. Well, what am I doing today? Am I doing this? Am I doing? Oh, that'll go well. Oh, what about that? Oh, maybe my chunky cardigan would look better. And then I get stuck in this like uh, this this decision loop of what is best. Um, so I now try and just opt for things that go well together in terms of color. So I don't fanny around like, well, does this go and does that go? And then if I'm working, it's these tops. So it's the tops, they go well with most of the skirts, they go well with most of my jeans. So I just pick any trouser, any jean and one of these tops. And generally, I have a cardigan to match. So that's like my, to stop me dithering. Yeah. And stop me getting like (laughs) wrapped up in it. So this is really interesting with boundaries. Because I know people who use their their clothes to help them define what mode they're in. So when they're working, they're wearing working clothes. When they're mm. not working, but but they don't have to. That's not, that's not a requirement. Maybe it was years and years and years ago, but yeah. now that's what they want to wear because that's what they wear when they're in working mode. Um, and they wear something different when they're chilling out around the house and something different if they're going out. I don't mean out to like party with their mates, but just, you know, going out and about. Out, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, so years ago, oh, crumbs, four years ago now, quite a while ago, I had a bit of an epiphany because I used to wear suits to work because we didn't have to, but I was in finance. Lots of people did, but we could wear jeans and a shirt if we wanted, or even, in fact, we didn't even have to have a shirt. It, it could be really quite casual. Mm. And then I'd get home and I'd change into scruffy stuff. I had scruffy jeans and um, like basically cheap polo shirts. Um, actually, I don't suppose they were actually, but they, anyway. I felt like leisure wear. Yeah, yeah. I just felt scruffy. It didn't feel like smart leisure wear. It felt scruffy to me. Mm -hmm. And and so I'd go from these extremes, and I found it really fascinating when I I took a moment and said, well, what? Almost like, what do I want for my brand? Not actually, I didn't think conceptually about brand. I just thought, what's me? I was like, well, I'd like being a little smart. Well, wear a shirt then. But I'm not that bothered about a suit. Well, I'll wear jeans, shirt and jeans. It's a pretty typical kind of male look, so I can just do that. But the difference was I said, fine, I'm just going to do that all the time. I don't need the switch. I don't need mm. to think I'm now in work mode, I'm now not in work mode. So actually, I'm just going to wear shirts and jeans. 
like all the time. Whether I'm, there are a couple of exceptions, but I have to be doing something properly muddy <laughs> to yeah. think I won't. Um, or ruin the shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. So if there's a danger of damaging it, then you're like, no. And I did have to invest in an apron because I'm like, well, in which case I better start looking after my clothes a bit better. Um, but it's really helped my non-work time to feel more uh, more comfortable in the person yeah. and the world that I'm in. But it also means I don't have to, oh, I've well, I've got to go into the office. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. This is going back a few years because we don't have this problem now. But you know, yeah. oh, I need to go into the office. Oh, I better go and grab my suit. And oh, have I got a it's shirt like that's on, already um, ironed? And Like a mask, I suppose, isn't it? If you're not fully comfortable in what you're presenting, I suppose. Yeah. And that, I guess, that leads on to probably our biggest challenge at the minute for, for Liz and I is, is boundaries is this idea we're juggling so much and we're doing it all here in our house or in mm-hmm. our, um, I'm in a garden office, but, you know, right next in to the, the house. space you so, have, yeah. Right. And so balancing the home education, it's fair enough. The work, okay, that's fine. Um, house stuff, all right, it's a bit messy. The catch is time off. It's so easy to think, right, we'll just go for a walk, just the two of us, or walk down to a local coffee shop, uh, treat ourselves to a coffee there wouldn't that be lovely it's so easy to talk home ed or or work or work yeah <laughs> or even house right you know oh this has happened on the van or the car or the you know whatever's going on with with whatever and so i think the hardest thing and, and the thing that we are still fine-tuning maybe not even fine-tuning this is probably the one that we're, we're working on the most is trying to get that right level of boundary mm. for for the downtime and the honest answer is we schedule it in this is downtime and I know I know as I mentioned earlier on for my wife asking her worky stuff at 10 o'clock at night is a really bad idea so there's times of day that we know that's just not when we do yeah but we also try and be much better going into a day uh particularly a weekend like what's your plan for today what's your focus today is it a day you think, actually, I'm going to catch up a bit and do some work? Is it a, mm-hmm. I need to <clears throat> worry about GCSE exam entries? Or is it a, a day off? And if it's a day off, right, it's a day off. That's <laughs> when I'm not yeah. talking about work, you know. Um, and that I found that one probably, probably the, I think it is the hardest. Uh, I don't know how you find it. Yeah, I think it's difficult to get wrapped up in all the other avenues of life. And we do the same. We schedule it in too. And I think for us, that's important because I I schedule in calls with people that I think are important. I schedule in making sure I don't miss my kids' assembly because that's important. I schedule in seeing my friend for coffee. Like for me, scheduling it in means it's important to me. Whereas if I choose not to schedule it in, the time generally just dissipates. You know, cooking takes a little bit longer. I go and help the kids with the homework. We do this. We nip out. I go to the petrol station. And that free time that I would have spent with him is gone. But if it's in my calendar and I color code mine, um, that's my time with my husband. And like, so we do, we try and get into a routine of every morning we go for like a 25 minute walk. Um, We're blessed that the kids are old enough uh, now to be left on their own. So um, this was a new development recently. uh, So like the past year or so. And it is a really nice way to connect if we don't have that we do feel a little bit off kilter really like we've not had chance to and we're both morning people so that works really well we're out the door like half six um but it's touching base with each other before we go off and do our own things in the day you know and then we we sort of 
reconnect in the evening with the kids present and, and stuff like that so it's our little time but like we do schedule in longer periods of time you know specific dates days out stuff like that because otherwise time slips by mm. and I think you've got to bring attention to what you deem important yeah and that's, I like that's that. my take on it attention to what you deem important definitely yeah so we I think it's a hazard of how many things we've been trying to juggle um that we don't do it anywhere near as much as we want to um well you already have so it there we, because you're aware of that we're aware i've been aware for a while though it's you know are you actively awareness. aware now we moved to actively aware <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay let's go with that and and we're so where we fit so well is we really understand each other and we really understand how each other can operate their best but also mm. um what they're best what we're best at so and on the whole that's complementary which means I know what I need to do. Liz knows what she needs to do, whether that's around the house with the kids um, at work. And although we talk about it, it then becomes quite, you know, that's my task, that's her task. And and it works you know, brilliantly well. Yeah. The downside becomes where I'm a night person, she's a morning person, and that overlap is harder. Mm-hmm. If we went first thing, well, first off, 6.30 is not a first thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> um but that could be using up her really valuable work time, right? When her head is in such a brilliant space for it. Yeah. We do it last thing. And again, it's kind of for her, it's sort of energy's quite depleted by then. Do I really want to now go for it? And I equally, and I'm like, I'm in this buzzy, like super creative zone. And like, oh, well, I suppose we could, but actually, you know, my brain's got all this stuff I want to get out of it. Um, it's, it's an interesting challenge. I think that's probably our greatest, our remaining greatest challenge. Um, but we do get things in, and that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like, there's, there's, yeah, there's always stuff to be to be done and to look at. The, you know, there's always something mm. on your journey. Like, you'll nail this, and then it'd be like, right, okay, what about this? Or let's look at this. Or this thing's come up now. Or I'm interested in this. Let's figure out how we can make that work. And it's like we're not ticking off all these things to get to the end. It's like we're just, I suppose, making the journey more fun, more easy more enjoyable you know and, and and less stressy and less overwhelmed and and less oh I've got to go hoover the lounge do you know like yeah. we're, we're, we're just sort of making the best of it I suppose with whoever we are blessed to be with yeah I'm trying to find that that right balance and those right boundaries yeah. where whatever that means for us and however that changes over time because it for for me for Liz and I, it really has changed um, year to year. It, it really fluctuates, but it's always a, um, I was going to say it's always a conscious choice. Maybe it fluctuates a bit and then we, then we reevaluate what that means. Like, mm-hmm. is that a more natural fluctuation? And then we're like, oh, actually, yeah, that's, we've been almost pulled that way a bit. Are we comfortable with that? Is that right? Is it not what we're going to do about it? And then we make the conscious decision, you know, yes or no, or, you know, adjust. Um, and I really, I really like that flow. It's a different type of flow. That uh, that movement <laughs> that comes with just following what feels right in those moments and recognizing yeah. that for this, almost this season of life, it's the right mm. thing. The next season, which could come quite quickly, maybe it's slightly different, but we'll just, we'll adapt and we'll keep flexing. And, and yeah. through that, we we succeed. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's right. I think if we're open to change and 
listening to the other people who are in your life, not necessarily a partner, but you know, people who live with you, people you spend a lot of time with, people who impact your life, and and listening to what they need and want as much as you know what you need and want, you can all come to a decision in how you want to move forward into, like you say, the next phase of your life, next season of your life. And I think, and that doesn't happen for everybody at the same time either. We don't always, right? Okay, it's like May the thirtieth. We're all shifting, um, and I think it's having that. I suppose, giving yourself permission to go, you know what, I feel a little bit different right now. I feel a little off kilter. I'm going to go and bring this up to whoever, you know, I am close to and and have this conversation because I just feel a little bit off. And, and you know, equally, if you don't need to bring it to the attention of somebody else, it's sitting with it and going, okay, well, I feel a little bit different right now. What's going on? And and sort of exploring that. Where am I, where am I happy? Where am I unhappy? Is there something that's stressing me out? Is there something that I am choosing not to focus on that is causing me you know background issues like like what is it and being open to to being honest with yourself I think for me it's that self-acceptance that really drives people forward totally and I have just noticed Mike that we have hit the hour mark (laughs) (laughs) and we said no we won't be an hour um so I would I would love for us to to pause it there if that's okay absolutely um I am having Mike back for season two, by the way. So if you've enjoyed this episode, listen out for when I announce that. Uh, Mike, before we wrap up, um, is there anything you'd like to say specifically to the listeners? Well, aside from thank you so much for listening through, and I hope you found that really interesting. Um, I certainly have. I've scribbled down a few notes of things I'm going to go and, and look at and take away, uh, not least uh, brown noise and some some focus music sounds great. Um, but um, really taking away the energy switch and the stress versus challenge and there's a few there's actually a few things on my list so that's that's been i I find it really interesting if if people have uh, if your listeners have gone yeah actually i quite like this this is a a been interesting conversation if they want to come and let me know i'd love to get some feedback um and love to connect with them and uh, either on linkedin or on instagram i'm at this mike cole i'm hoping i can persuade you to put some links in the show notes for that as yeah, well no the links will be there don't you worry awesome. so yeah if anyone wants to come and connect i would love that um i would love to be back there's many more things for us to talk about i know and uh, i look forward to doing those it might be a part one a part two <laughs> sure <laughs> why not awesome thank you so much for uh coming on the show and and our rescheduling calendars and whatnot we made it um i've had a wonderful time me too thank you so much for having me And there we have it, Balance and Boundaries with Mike Cole. Now, it was over an hour. We did say at the start that it would be around half an hour. We hold no responsibility for the length of the podcast episode, um, but we really hope you enjoyed it. Um, We both really enjoyed chatting. As you can tell, we just talk for fun. Um, But yeah, I I loved all of the, the talk on adaptability and flow. Uh, energy and that sort of like that decision fatigue protecting your energy making sure that you're mindful of your own flow and other people's flow um, and just learning to I suppose ebb and flow through life you know sometimes you're going to be focused sometimes you're not going to be focused sometimes you're going to take the scenic route sometimes you're going to go straight there Um, but as always the things we talked about will be in the show notes and i'm going to pull out some of those music recommendations the brown noise and the link to cal newport's book deep work 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode. The next episode is the penultimate episode of series one. It is another guest. It is Mickey Yamada and I cannot wait to share it with you.